welcome. This is Mibbit Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Sam Harrath is not your typical accountant. In his commitment to help small businesses understand accountancy, Sam creates cartoons and writes blogs in plain language to help small business owners feel confident when it comes to finances and accountancy. Sam built his business around helping these small business owners using a percentage of sales model to allow his clients to get strategic business and financial advice at an affordable rate. He came to New Zealand to complete his PhD in finance from the University of Waikato and stage now running his firm in the Waikato area. It's a completely online accountancy firm, which makes them quite different to the more traditional accountancy models. In today's podcast on Mapit Marketing, we're going to talk to Sam about how he came to launch a business in New Zealand. I have to admit, I completely threw a curveball to Sam because I was so interested to ask him about what it's been like living as an immigrant, working in professional roles and having a, starting a business here. We ended up having a very real talk, at which point it became a few times quite uncomfortable for him sorry, Sam, about some of the hurdles that new New Zealanders can sometimes come across when trying to get jobs and start something of their own. All of that aside, Sam uses his intellect, his creativity and his energetic personality to help his clients grow their businesses with confidence. I so loved having Sam on this podcast because he really is a shining light. He's made important decisions around the growth of his business through identifying the hedgehog that ties everything together. And he's going to explain what that hedgehog is in the podcast. Hi, and welcome to episode 50 of Map It Marketing. I'm your host, Rachel Claver, and I've already introduced our lovely guest today in the introduction, but I just want to quickly say before we start with Sam, and he's going to come and introduce himself, is that I would like to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I so appreciate each and every one of you. If it's your first time listening, um, welcome to the show. If you love it, please do hit subscribe. And for all of you, please remember you can come and be part of our Facebook group, Map It Marketing on Facebook, to make sure that you can ask questions from here or pick up information or just get a bit of inspiration in terms of marketing. Now, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you today, Sam Harris. Sam is a, um, I'm actually about to start working with Sam. I'm, I'm very lucky that I'm going to get to work with him on his marketing strategy. But to be honest with me, it's going to be a complete pleasure because Sam has got such a unique way of seeing the world. And for me, I just feel like I'm going to be able just to help amplify what's already there as opposed to have to really go through and change a lot of stuff because he's just so fabulously just himself. And I really wanted him to come and be on the show today because one of the things that I find, especially with, and and Sam's already teased me for this, boring businesses like accountancies, um, accountants and lawyers and and anything that's kind of a service-based business, people often think they're dry. And Sam is anything but dry. He has created a brand that shows his weird, shows who he is. And I'm just so excited to have him come and show you that you don't have to be staid and boring and really, really sort of totally businessy to win a successful businesses and also to grow your business. So Sam, without further ado, welcome to the show. Hi, Rachel. I'm so glad to be here. And it's a real honor to be on this podcast together with you. 
I'm so excited. And so, Sam, let's just uh, do you want to give everyone a bit of a background? So, your business is now, you were originally Sam Harris, and we'll talk about this before. You still are Sam Harris, like you haven't changed. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You've recently changed your website to the comic accountant, Mm -hmm. and you have a very special thing that you do that makes you different to many accountants. Do you want to tell us what it is? Yes, I think what sets me apart from the vast majority of of accountants is that I draw comics. And (laughs) what sets me apart from a lot of other comic artists out there is that I actually draw comics about finance and accounting. Yeah, totally weird. (laughs) Totally weird, totally weird. And I also do quite a bit of finance comedy within those comics as well. And it's a very, very niche area of comedy, I would say, too. I love it. Do you know that one of my goals, and I probably shouldn't put this on here because then people are going to start badgering me. I have a long-term goal to do stand-up, but about marketing. Because I do like, when I do presentations, and I have like little bits that are funny and I know they're funny. And so I love that you use comedy and cartoons to help people teach because it creates that bridge. Mm -hmm. So how did you get started? Like, why did you become an accountant? Well, back when I was 17 and I had just finished high school, and this was back in Malaysia, mind you, I had this determination to get out into the workforce faster than the rest of my classmates. Growing up in urban Malaysia, there's a huge emphasis. There's a very strong social pressure to go to university and get a degree and get working, et cetera, et cetera. But unlike the rest of my classmates, I decided to go for a vocational degree because the vocational degree would get me into the workforce faster. And hence, I did a professional qualification in accountancy, not because I had a burning passion for accountancy, but simply because I wanted to stick it to the rest of my friends. (laughs) So I find this really (laughs) fascinating because I do think that there's this cultural thing around now that, that whatever our business is has to be in a topic that we love. Like, you know, like it's, it has like you didn't grow up at the age of five going, oh, you know, I just want to be an accountant when I grow up. I wanted to be a paleontologist when I was five. <laughs> Dig up old dinosaur bones. Oh, that'd and, be much more fun. Yeah, bring them fun. back to life. Jurassic Park style and get a ride on my best friend, Mr. T-Rex. Yeah, so that would sound so much. I bet you did you used to watch a lot of the um like the, the, the dinosaur movies, the um Lost World. Yeah, I watched a lot of um uh, the little foot one, is it the the Hidden Valley? Oh uh, yeah, and that was huge. I, I grew up, I grew up in the I grew up in the early 90s and watched a lot of dinosaurs. It was really cringe. Looking back on it now. So, I mean, I, 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 I am like a <coughs> cough, cough, a little bit older than you. So I used to be a primary school teacher. And one of my, I used to, I used to love teaching about dinosaurs. And um, my one of my favorite things that I ever did as a teacher was I wrote a rap about dinosaurs. Oh, wow. And then I taught wow. it to I kids. I was like, listen to school. this rap about dinosaurs. <laughs> some are scary, some are long, some are very sharp claws, but you never have to worry about finding them on bed. They lived a long time ago and now they're all dead. <laughs> Whoa, Rachel. But okay, the dinosaur rap. I honestly, like, I used now. to you love, that was a bit I used to love about being Rachel. a teacher. So I wish I could, <laughs> you would love that when you were five. Oh, amazing, amazing. I yeah. have never rapped on the podcast before. I may have to delete that later. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should keep it. It's gold. It's gold. You can. You, you've got a recording career now. 
Oh my gosh, was, that was awkward. Okay, so um, I might maybe I'll do a rap about marketing. I, I mean, I do quite like, I really, what the other thing I want to do is have an have like album of marketing songs at some point. My daughter, um, who will help me write songs, refuses to help me write songs about marketing because she says that's boring as shit. So... Um, <laughs> She said, I've got not something you might pretend and like make a fake lyrics and get her to write songs about love and then just change the words. Change the lyrics. Yeah, not? yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so you, you lived in Malaysia. So when did you come to New Zealand? Yep. So I came to New Zealand in 2014 and I came here to do my PhD. Uh, this is an interesting story behind that. So after getting my accounting qualification, I, interestingly enough, decided not to work in accounting. Mm. And I actually started off in management consulting before bouncing to investment banking. And after getting burned out in investment banking after six months, I ended up teaching in one of the local universities. And I was teaching there. And they were telling me that, okay, if you're gonna teach here, you need to get your master's, we'll pay for your master's. Mm. I did my MBA with the University of Malaya. And then the next progression was naturally to get a PhD. And then I got sent over to do my PhD. And when I was doing my PhD here in New Zealand, I decided that I wanted to stay here instead of go back to Malaysia. There are a whole lot of other personal reasons as well, which I obviously won't get into detail yeah. <laughs> in this podcast. No. But the long, the, the, the short story is that I decided I chose to take the opportunity that I had with my post-study work visa to try and make a go of it over here. That's awesome. And you, um, and so you, you've recently, how long has the comic accountant, or it was originally Sam Harris, but um, how, how long has that been going for? Yep. So samharris.com started in August, 2019. And it only started as a means for me to get my public profile out there because the year was 2019. Mm. and it feels like a long time ago now actually I know it's amazing I look at some <laughs> yeah. of the things that we were planning yeah, back in the good old pre-pandemic days we were going like we I had this full world life explosion plan like we, we, were, we were moving into launching into Australia and I had like all these gigs planned in Australia and I was going to start doing you know and I look at that now and I go our business is, is awesome but it's so completely different mm. to that yeah you know it's like a it's like the world split yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's like yeah. changing lanes or changing paths. Oh, well, yeah. The my business would not exist if it wasn't for the pandemic. Yeah, funny. We'll, eh? get, we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get yeah. to that in a, in a bit. But yeah, so I started in in August 2019 and it was mainly as a means of getting my public profile out there and getting people to know who Sam Harris is and writing on a variety of accounting and small business topics just to develop some level of expertise. So that when I went to get jobs, I go like, hey, did you know that I've got a blog as well? And then potential employers can go like, oh, wow, this guy writes. Oh, he must be really smart. Uh, oh, look, he's got a PhD in finance. And he can communicate. Can I ask you a question? This might be yeah. a slightly sensitive question because I I think um, I was actually watching something um, a couple of weeks ago. And I was talking about, you know, um, it, was, it was a series, but it made me think about how this happens in New Zealand too. Do you feel like it was harder for you to get roles as an immigrant in New Zealand? <laughs> Might turn this into political podcast. No, no, I think it's <laughs> a question because the thing is, like, here's yeah. this guy 
who is very entrepreneurial, very creative, very clever, highly qualified, highly experienced. And because I was, this other one was actually about, it was like a series and this guy had not been able to get roles over and over again in Paris, even though he was like highly qualified because they basically, and, and I know myself, like I've worked with, I worked with this amazing gynecologist several years ago and he was from Iran yeah. and people would literally walk in to book with, they'd book with him, they'd walk in and then they'd see that there was a European name next to it and say, can I change my appointment to that person? And this guy was fabulous. Like, and so, did you find it or was it was there barriers? Um gosh. Well uh yes. Um can't say I'm too comfortable talking about them actually. No, but it's it's uh, frustrating. Do you think that's frustrating? Yeah. It is, it is. Uh I mean in terms of getting a job, I well, I mean, I just did all I could and put myself out there mm. and and yeah and I got hired it was actually after I lost my job for the first time so I got the first accounting job in the end of 2018 and I thought that was the end all be all there so that yeah I'm that's that's it I'm in I'm secure but then that company had some they they lost some of their senior staff and so they didn't have anyone to train me and so they had to let me go because mm. they didn't have anyone to train me and so it was then that I sort of realized like, oh, I still need to be networking. I need to be putting my, my name out there. And eventually, yeah, uh, I need to, yeah, I need to work harder than, uh, you know. Anyone else. Um, you do. Uh, yeah. Because I think, the reason yeah. I asked that too, partly, and I'm sorry, I've kind of triggered you a little bit, but, yeah. but I do think like, <laughs> Look, I often have yeah. this thing about because my mum was an immigrant. My, uh, she was from Holland, mm -hmm. and she came over with a family, and they couldn't speak any English. And people don't understand how hard you have to work. Like you didn't have that issue with the English thing. Like you've got great English. She, she didn't have any English, you know. Yeah. But like, but and she's lucky because she's Dutch, so she looks on the outside. Yeah. European, you know. Yeah. So there's that, but the accents, you know, weird, weird, wacky Dutch accents. So, so, um, sorry, Dutch people, I am half Dutch as well, and my husband's Dutch. I wasn't being rude, <laughs> but, but I think I do think that people, are, I have so much respect for anyone that comes to New Zealand and then creates a business and steps out on their own, because people don't realize it's not just that starting a business. There's all those hurdles you've gone through first to get to that point, and that's massive respect, because you and you work damn hard to build it right yes yes I do I generally like to downplay the fact that you know work my ass off to get here because you did yeah but, but yeah I yeah I did we need I did. to acknowledge I it I yeah, think yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. important <laughs> because because yeah. also when, when you see success like you're about to like you're in this place and you're going to break through and people are going to go oh my gosh you know this, this guy is amazing you know and 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 there's that stuff but there's all this hard work that's come before it and I think when we do that path of success to not understand that there's a whole lot of paddling under the water and working really hard and feeling like you're stagnant for a long time mm -hmm. and doing all that groundwork like you put that you built that brand set up on that brand in 2019 and now it's growing into something really powerful, but you started it before you even knew you were doing this. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. And right, I guess um, to, to address the question about did I find it hard as a brown and Muslim uh, immigrant in this country to, to break into the job market? 
yes, yes, it was challenging. Um, was it challenging? It was challenging also partly because I did enter the job market with a PhD as well. Hence yeah, that does. That's an, I've got a friend who has a PhD. Yep. Very hard. Yeah. Overqualified so, to everything. Yep, exactly. And so a lot of accounting firms did seem as overqualified. Fortunately, mm. I did get my first big break in a, in a local Hamilton accounting firm. And I managed to, I, yep, I managed to, ingratiate myself I suppose to the <laughs> to the owners of the business I remember for that first interview I brought in like pastries some traditional Malaysian cookies and stuff Bless like that you. very good yeah. plan. and I just really butted them up mm. uh, both literally and figuratively <laughs> got the job got the job and got my first taste of New Zealand accounting which was obviously different from Malaysian accounting and that gave me the foundations upon which I built the rest of my career. That stint didn't last for very long because like I said, they had to let me go because of staffing issues. And I didn't really have much of an issue there. Although it was interesting how people would um, talk to me differently, uh, especially especially Pakeha, uh, the, older Pakeha, the older Pakeha clients, you know, you'd hear them talking with the other, I guess, white presenting people uh, normally, I guess, like how white people talk and they come up to me like, oh, hi, you, bro. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Well, at least they weren't speaking, yeah. speaking with you slower and louder. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, I guess that was my first experience with, I, I, I suppose, casual racism, if you want to call it that. Yeah. yeah. And and then I then so when my, I finished my job there, I did uh, some contracting work for a friend in in Schick. That was that was a pretty good company uh, to work for. It gave me a lot of experience. And then I joined a few different other small accounting firms, and. Um, I did have one, I guess, it's interesting how, I mean, talk, I guess still talking on that same topic of, mm. um, I suppose, being an immigrant and all that. I remember working at this one firm, which preaches a lot of uh, inclusivity and, you know, having the team working together. And, and, and I've got a lot of respect for the leaders of that business, but it does feel like the values that they were preaching were not being practiced by the team itself. Like and I, I think remember, that's quite common, you know. I think that yeah. sometimes the, the value is what the leader wants and it's aspirational, but to get it trickling all the way down is really hard to change. Yeah, I mean, it's a small company. You'd think that'd yeah. be easier to do so. But I mean, there were a few incidences like, uh, getting getting told off for eating rice with my hands because that's that's how I eat rice in my culture, yeah. Uh, um, that's crazy. Yeah, and and getting getting told off for for coughing or clearing my throat in the office. Uh, was this pre COVID? This was pre COVID. This was pre COVID. It was back in twenty nineteen. Because I had to say, if anyone yeah, comes was, around me, I'm like it's like a bomb shadow. I'm like under yeah. my desk. Yeah, and I think to top it off, there was uh, a team member who I recall, she attended some talk about women in the workforce and diversity, and she's like, oh, that talk was full of shit, you know, why should we, 
why should yeah. we help brown people and and women you know just because you know and i was just like hey i'm brown yeah i'm brown and you're a woman so it's kind of weird <laughs> yeah it's kind of weird and yeah i mean i did bring up these issues with the with the bosses and they they said to talk about it but they didn't i guess um but eventually i i got a different job i got offered a different job so i left them uh, but i did leave on good terms i they kept telling me the bosses kept telling me like oh we love your energy we love your enthusiasm da 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 but we you know we don't have the money to hire you um so yeah so you do, so, let's, so we'll shift off it because i know that i made you talk about it but like you do have like a really beautiful vibrant energy about you like i think i think that that's one of the things that i um because so like let's talk about i don't have i don't have um I think we're all inherently a little bit racist just in terms of things that we have. So, oh, definitely, not, definitely. Because we yeah. have like issues and, and it's like a, you've got to block it and, and realize you've got it, you know. Yep, but, exactly. Um, That's had, exactly I, how I feel about it as well, yeah. Yeah, but I yeah. had, so I obviously, but I don't, I don't see you from that, that filter and I don't see you from that faith filter. But the thing I did have, <laughs> I do have like prepositions about is that accountants are boring. And you very much broke break that mold because you're smiley, you're extroverted, yeah. you're bubbly. And I think like, you know, that's a cool thing. Like you do have that. So 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 you went through and did all that experience and then you launched your own business. Was that because when did you do that? Like when did you start really yeah. making it your business? Yeah. So the last accounting firm I was with, they they laid me off because of COVID. Mm. I had just only been with them for about two weeks. And when COVID came around, they, I was the first, I took yeah. the initiative to research the wage subsidy. And I actually went back to them the next day. It's like, okay, here's a wage subsidy, guys. And here's how we should be communicating to our clients. And then the very next day, they told me like, okay, Sam, we're laying you off. Because I was just like, but wage subsidy. Wait, here's the wage, the wage subsidy. subsidy. Yeah. Here's how you do it. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, the, the owner gave me some cock and bull story about like, oh, you know how the employment law favors employees more than business owners in this country. So we just got to protect ourselves. Rah, 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 rah. And I'm just like, yeah, mate, cool. Hey, you know what? You know, save save your tears, man. Yeah, you know, don't, yeah. Don't, don't, yeah I, don't, I don't need your your rich people tears, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is like, the way something yeah. would have kept me going. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Like, you know, you don't get to tell me about how hard a life you have as a business owner when I'm I've just lost my my freaking job, man. Yeah, <laughs> like it's an yeah. interesting thing, I think. Yeah. You know, because you do hold that responsibility for your team. Yeah. And I've had to lay people off and they've they've got jobs and they'll, they'll be over it now, but I I personally for me, I found that really really hard. Yeah. Um to do it, but if it, he sounded like he was pretty relaxed about it. <laughs> Well, I would say that he, like, I think it was hard for him. Yeah. Because he really wanted me part of the business because it was a husband and wife team. Mm. And he wanted to grow the, the consulting training side of the business, which is exactly why they hired me for. Mm. But I think okay. that, yeah, I think he, they, they eventually decided that it was easier to let me go. Mm than it was that to risk keeping me on um and, and the, his his wife didn't so much as even look at me or even oh, talk to me the day they, they let shame me though right like i think yeah. it is really hard it is yeah, a hard and so, thing and so she yeah. did put the the onus of breaking the bad news you know she put the responsibility on husband to do so 
which I thought was a bit stink. Yeah, it but, is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're gonna you let me go, it. at least have the have the guts to look me in the eye while you do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turning it back. So, okay, so yeah. with, with the comic accountant and with it, yeah. so tell us a little bit about how the practice works for you. So we'll, we'll go back to the comic stuff in a minute because I really like mm-hmm. that. But are you um, mainly doing, um, is it uh, is it mainly compliance or is it partly compliance, like doing the books and things like that, or is it mainly business consulting? Like how are you shaping the business and how are you growing the business in terms of how you're, you're doing it? Yeah, great question. Great question, Rachel. So I'll tell you how it all started, right? So remember, I've had that blog since 2019. Yes. So August 2019, just sort of plugging away at it kind of on a really part-time basis. And then in March 2020, COVID reared its ugly head. <laughs> Everyone lost their jobs, including myself. And I found was I found myself in a position where I remember sitting with my wife and going like, oh crap. So, you know, I just lost my job and don't know what we're gonna do. Um, she had a bit of a cry about it because she mm. was really frustrated. Uh, I think, I think in a lot of ways she was just frustrated with how perhaps I was treated as maybe a worker as a migrant I don't know yeah and so the first thing I did was actually I called up that old firm I remember that old firm that that I said had that had issues with yeah. the leaders being really really good and progressive but the team not being so and so I remember calling them up because I thought hey we had a great relationship they said they liked me very much uh, they were advertising for a job and I called them back up and asked hey man um can I can I come and join the business and so one of the bosses actually said that, oh, I'm sorry, but um, I think that you're not a good fit for this team, actually. So you actually, um, you'd be wasting your time. Oh. Yeah, uh, which kind of shocked me because I was just like, oh, I thought you guys like, like me. Um, yeah, which I guess goes to show that perhaps there's, there's probably a lot of, I guess, internal prejudices within the team itself. Yeah. And I would probably go so far to say that maybe the team is actually pretty low-key racist, but, you know, uh, but maybe they don't realize that. Yeah, and I think, yeah. yeah, and sometimes too, I think, like, so let's just talk about personality types. You are, mm. I, I imagine, you are, I can imagine you'd be quite vivacious and chatty, even though you get mm. down and work really hard. And so that can feel weird in an office that's full of introverts. True, true that. True that, and you're not like, made. Uh, I don't think you're made to. I think you're made to be a business owner, Sam. Probably, probably, you're probably. Like you're right. entrepreneurial. <laughs> you're made to bring a team together. You're made yeah. to be that person that is shining out, and mm. that doesn't always fit in an office situation. Uh, you you may be right there. You may be right there. I think a friend of mine at the time just pointed out to me that. And she also started her own business around the same time as well. She's like, it's the classic tall poppy syndrome, Sam. She said, you know, it's a tall poppy syndrome and people are more likely to cut you down. And I think, I think being, um, yeah, I think being not Pakeha in a primarily Pakeha workplace and having the personality that I do, you just really stick out. Yeah, well, yeah, you can't hide yeah. yourself, you, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, I'll say it from my, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm chatty, and I yeah. really struggled for a long time to find my place, even within my own business. I did because I didn't feel like I was free enough to be who I was, and I think which is crazy, even in your own business, because I kind of, I kind of let too many other people kind of dictate how that went, and. 
but I, I feel like it's um, if everyone deserves to find the way that they shine best. And for some people, that's in a team when they're running in a, an office and that's where they shine best. Or it might be in a hobby that they've got. But your personality is an entrepreneurial personality and it's a shining personality. And you need to have it unencumbered, you know, like you can't have it blocked. And, and no one should be, no one ever should be made to feel less than they are just for being who they are. Yeah, I agree. You know, I so agree. like yeah. having a job that's contracting that is never mm-hmm. going to bring that that sense of being who you are and living in yeah. the light that you are. So yeah. I love that you've got your own business. Um, yeah. I think it's great. And so, yeah. and so, so after that phone call, I was, I felt a little bit depressed. Uh, I think because I thought, I guess the, my, my expectations were sort of like shattered. And then I just sort of like, all right, cool. Uh, what's going to happen next? And what happened next was that I just kept blogging. I remember for that first month of April, I challenged myself to blog every day for 30 days straight. Wow. I blogged on everything from COVID to the wage subsidies to basic accounting to even to mental health and, and so on and so forth. So for 30 days straight, I published something every day wow. and I drew a comic every day as well. Mind you, not just writing, but actual uh, <laughs> drawing as well. So that would have been quite therapeutic. Yes, I guess, I guess. And I think the, the feeling of being busy of doing something really kept me going. Yeah. And the next thing I knew, I had people emailing me, uh, get, messaging me on Facebook saying, hey, Sam, can you do my taxes? And I, I'm like, oh, okay, uh, sure. I never, I never set up the business with that intention. In fact, when I first set up the business, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to make this popular and I'm going to monetize it through sponsored posts and ads yeah. and all those other <laughs> I'm things. Gonna yes. a, I'm going to become an influencer. Yeah, I'm going to become an influencer. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and then people asked me if I could do their tax returns. I was just like, cool. Yeah, sure. So I remember doing my very first tax return for $18 for $18. Oh, yeah. seriously? Yeah. $18? $18. Yeah. $18 because it's like, yep, cool. I mean, it's easy. I just click, 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 and I'm done because, you know, that's that's what I do. I can do it with my eyes closed. <laughs> and I bet your and wife just, was really pleased that you did such great negotiation on that job. Well, I think she was pleased that I was actually doing something and not just, you know, sitting around playing video games, feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> yeah. But, well, yeah, and it's really positive, right? Yeah. And, and so, yeah, that's, that's how I started. And and I think organically, people just started coming to me to get their taxes done. I think it was in May that I sort of like realized like, holy shit, I've got a business now. I need to do something about it. And so I set up the company. I set up a, a proper company. And I remember putting up a page on my then blog going like, come to, I remember calling myself Dr. Accountant because I've, I've got a... I've got that the 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 PhD. I forgot the doctor. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember calling myself Doctor Accountant, and yeah, we'll fix your finances for you. <laughs> uh, I can just—it's kind of—I kind of wish that you'd actually decided to settle in sub in New York, because then you could have had those cheesy signs in the subway with you know, like with those those hokey lawyers with the like you know with the lawsuits. You could have done like that with "We'll fix your accounting for you." <laughs> oh my god, I'd be so cringe. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Billboards. Um, so yeah, Hamilton's call, only myself, accountancy yeah, billboard yeah, I did. of you with the doctor's thing on there. I did, I did call myself doctor accountant at the beginning. Uh, and, and then, yeah, and from there, I just slowly grew um, from making like $400 a month uh, to 1000 to 2000 And I just, as I just pulled in more, more clients. And I think um, I then attended a, a networking event, right? And they were, they, we were talking about, you know, who we are. And you're supposed to introduce the person next to you. And I happened to be sitting next to this lady from one of the bigger accounting firms in, in Hamilton. And so I introduced her, oh, this is the director of so-and-so firm, blah, blah, blah. And then she, and she introduced me like, oh, this is Sam. He's an accountant and uh, he draws comics. He draws comics. And she said, I think when she was saying that, she sort of like, you know, said it with a kind of like, oh, accountant who draws comics. Uh. <laughs> I could detect that in her voice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, is, it, like, is a, it is a weird thing to other accountants. Yeah, yeah. And and so she was like, yeah, she said, he's an accountant who draws comics. I guess he's the... He's the comic accountant, I guess. <laughs> and, I hope you bought her a drink because she deserves it. Uh, uh, I, I might have poached some clients from her from her firm. Uh, so, mm. <laughs> no one listens to the podcast, Sam. No one listens. No, no, no. no, no I've, I've, taken, I've taken great care not to name any of the, the companies that I'm talking yes. about here. Yeah, but I think, I think people in the accounting industry may be able to figure out who they are <laughs> yeah especially if they're based in Hamilton yeah, yeah. <laughs> so okay yeah. so that, I mean that's mm. amazing and you've now got like a little team haven't you yep I do have a little team and yeah so I I, I hired the first person I think it was last year yeah because in September 2020 I embarked on a rebranding exercise. I looked at my blog. I was just like, okay, look, I've, I've got big plans for this blog. Mm. And so I talked to one of my friends who was a graphic designer. And we agreed that he'd design my logos in exchange for me doing his taxes. And so he was the one who helped create, create the, the brand, The Comic Accountant. So initially it was Sam Harris, The Comic Accountant, because remember the website was samharris.com. Mm. And so it was Sam Harris, The Comic Accountant. But as time went on, Sam Harris became more synonymous with the comic accountant. And I think people just really started referring to the blog as the comic accountant. And, and I think I've always wanted to have that the comic accountant to be more front and center. But I feel like now I'm going to go into like our, our next rebranding exercise. But to answer your first question about the team, I hired my first team member in. August 2021 and the first person that I hired and which is which is very very odd for an accounting firm was that I hired a marketing person actually so you think that most accounting firms would be like oh the first person you hire is obviously someone to help with the books right yeah, yeah. there was a second person there was a second person that I hired mm -hmm. but the first person I hired was a marketing person because I needed help with the social media the marketing side of things because we, we put out a lot of content marketing. I would say in terms of content mar marketing, we would probably be one of the most- You're prolific. I mean, most... you're doing, you do a lot, you yeah. know, and I think you're yeah. right. And, and that is that is a powerful thing. And really it's just a way, of what we're gonna work together with is work out how to make yeah. it. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm super excited about and I'm looking yeah. forward to. But, but I think that also, 
um, when you're a when you're a personal brand led business, which you still are, even though it's called the Accommodate Accountant, it's going to have your name kind of under there a little bit somewhere. But when you're doing that, actually adding to your media team, like growing that media side, makes sense because the doers are easy to find. But it's the, yeah. when you've got that person bringing that in then you're just, you've got work for those people. Often people will go and find a doer to go, they're going to pay for a doer first. But once you've got that doer, you have to keep on generating money and income and leads to, to feed that doer. Mm-hmm. Having someone else who's out there helping you generate makes sense to be one of the first people. Yeah, uh, except that he doesn't do sales, but he does help the with The marketing that. generates yeah, sales. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Marketing generates sales. Although, sorry, um, to me, like lead generation is... Sorry, lead lead follow up is sales. Lead generation is marketing. That's yeah. yeah so right. he you're does right. the lead generation. Yeah, yeah he does I the think, lead generation. I think yeah. I think that's the thing yeah. around a lot of this a lot around marketing. I'm about to do the podcast I'm recording for next week, which I'm doing um, after we've done this one, is actually around you know like how to do how to manage a sales meeting or how to get ready for sales meetings. But part of my problem um, now is that nearly everyone that we get has known me from podcasts, from free webinars, or pay, you know, a few things yeah, like that. Yeah, the marketing's and, working. Yeah, and so it works yeah. really well. But what I've realized is it's made me a very lazy seller because every now and again, I get someone who's just been a straight referral who doesn't know me very well. And I kind of launch into what I normally do with those people. And I found it doesn't work because I'm not spending mm. hours doing all that backwards and forwards of rapport because yeah. really good marketing cuts yeah. down that sales time so much. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. So, the, so he is worth his weight in gold, but don't tell him that we said that. We'll wipe that bit out of the podcast. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to see him doing our marketing strategy meeting anyway. And he's yeah. he's amazing. He's amazing. I like to call him my... Uh, my my eldest son. Because <laughs> yeah, he's Gen born. Z, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's Gen Z. Yeah, and and he's the first person that I got into the business as well. And yeah, I I really love working with Gen Z. I think they are highly motivated. I think I they're think very so intelligent. Too. Yeah, and I think they've got a better set of values than than we do. Than you know, us millennials, Gen Xs. Yeah, yeah. I think that they have mm. quite strong ethics around how they live their life as well. They're quite mm-hmm. directed around that. I, I know yeah. I've got. I've got three Gen Gen Z daughters, so I'm totally into into the Gen Zs. Okay, so with the comic accountant, let's talk about aspirational things for you because, I mean, obviously we're going to do this in the strategy, but like in terms of that, why do you think it's so important for your readers or your clients? Why do they like the comics? Like, why do you think it's so important for you to be communicating with your clients or potential clients in this way? All right. So I think to answer that question, I'll start with a little background of comics. The only reason why I drew comics was because I absolutely hate stock photos. Ah. And I remember first writing the blog and I go like, oh, what's a nice picture to go to this blog? And I look at the stock photos and they all look the same. And they're all so generic with these pretty people smiling, their fake smiles <laughs> and, and doing their really generic stuff. And I was just like, no, nah, no, nah, you know what? I can draw. I can draw. I'm going to take the time to draw my own goddamn comics or my own goddamn pictures. And I think that's that's how it started. Mm. And, and from there on, it just became a crucial part of the brand that I would be drawing comics for the blog. I may have backed myself into a difficult spot there, but that's that's it and that's how it is and but the comics themselves are not the only reason why people come to the blog 
the feedback that I get from our readers is that they love our stuff because it's simple, mm -hmm. it's easy, it really dumbs down a lot of difficult concepts for them. If they went to any other accounting blog or say even Investopedia or IRD's tax policy documents, they would not be able to understand it. They would not be able to parse it. Mm -hmm. And so our ability is in taking difficult concepts and making it really super simple for our readers. And that's what we do. And in fact, it's because of that, that's why we're one of the very few accounting firms in New Zealand to actually write about FIF taxes, that's foreign income fund taxes, uh, to actually write about cryptocurrency taxes. I don't think anyone else does it. Uh, I think we're the only ones to have actually simplified it and broken it down. And also even more basic things like uh, breaking down how tax codes work. You'd be, you'd be shocked at how people don't even understand how tax codes work. They're always just like, oh, if I take this tax code, I pay less taxes, right? When yeah. you actually don't, it doesn't affect the amount of taxes that you pay. It only affects the amount of taxes that your employer puts aside for you during the year. Because, you know, obviously, if you underpay and that's in, on that side, you're still going to get the money. Oh, sorry, you're still going to have to top up that money if, if the employer's overpaid and you get the money back. So, yeah. Because I, I think, yeah. I do think that, um, you know, I've one of the things that we do, and it's going to feel weird doing it with human our strategy, is we always ask about people's financial positions. And we ask questions. And one of the questions I'll often say is, you know, what's your profit margin? And they'll say, oh, it's this. And I'm saying, is that your profit or is that your turnover? What's the difference, they ask? You know, like that, yeah. and I, that's not every business owner. Obviously, that's just a few. But yeah. there are there's so you know in terms of financial education in New Zealand for business owners, getting in becoming a business owner in New Zealand is very very easy. And in Australia, like it's very easy to start a business. There's not a lot of red hoops to to go through. Red hoops. There's not a lot of hoops to go through. Red tape. Red tape. Um, <laughs> that's, that's my that's my immigrant mother right language coming yeah. through because she misses the me me metaphors. So so do I. So I actually like the metaphor of red hoops. It's red, red hoops tape and red tape and jumping through hoops. You're onto something here. Yeah, Rachel. absolutely. Um, it's, a tape, it's a hoop made of red tape. Um, yeah, but, yeah. But I, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be a comic next week, isn't it? I can tell. I can see it happening. <laughs> I, I will credit you. I'll credit you <laughs> as inspiration. But uh, I think I think that you know people. We start businesses, and it's e we think it's easy, but we don't realize that there's all that stuff in there. I know for myself, I got into tremendous trouble before. Luckily, Rod came and became the, the CFO of the business. Um, to just around things like PAYE and GST and mm. provisional tax and all those sort of things. That actually, when you've got a plan, it's very easy to manage, but understanding what those things are, it can be really hard when you go, mm -hmm. I didn't sign up for this. I just signed up to sell such and such, you know? Yeah. And I, so I think having someone who can talk at a very um, accessible level is a huge gift. Yeah. Yep. Uh, absolutely. 100%. And so the, the core ethos of our company um, our hedgehog concept, if you want to call it that. Have you heard of the hedgehog oh, concept? Tell me what the hedgehog concept is. So the hedgehog concept is a concept that was brought up by one of the, the researchers of this book called Good to Great. And so the, the idea is that it's based on it's these guys, actually. Yep. This yep, guys. I've read, I have read that book, but I must have forgotten the hedgehog concept. Yeah, all right. So the idea is that there's the fox and the hedgehog. See, the fox is always trying to eat a hedgehog. The fox knows many things. He's extremely cunning. He can get to a lot of different places in a lot of different ways. But the hedgehog only knows one thing. 
and that's how to curl up in the ball and get all spiky. Uh-huh. Despite, despite how intelligent the fox is, he's always befuddled by the hedgehog because the hedgehog just knows one thing and does it really, really well. And so one of the, one of the key cruxes of this book says that great companies have a strong hedgehog concept and they build themselves around it. And so our hedgehog concept, or rather our core value, our op- primary operating value is that we are in the business of creating financial confidence. We're not in the compliance business. We're not in the tax return business. Uh, we don't try to compete on price with our, with our competitors or anything, but rather we focus on building financial confidence in our clients. And we do so through the, cre- through the creation of accounting systems that relieve that financial burden from our clients. We do it by providing them good business and financial advice, which again, allows them to focus on their business instead of having to worry about their finances. We write blogs and we produce educational material, which is dedicated towards creating this financial confidence within our readers and within our clients. And in the near future, we're going to be launching educational courses as well again, aimed at creating more financial confidence in our clients. And so everything we do is always related back to that ethos of building financial confidence in our clients and in our readership. And that's really what we're all about. And I think that's one of the reasons, like what I'm often quite fascinated when I start talking to people like you who I'm working with or I'm going to work with. And then when they say things like that, I go, ah, this is why we are working together. Because for me, our goal, our hedgehog concept is to help small business owners become more confident and capable in their marketing. Like that's all we want to focus on. And it's just like us, right? It's the same thing. And I find over and over again that when I dig down and find out why someone's working with us or something and I find out their business I go oh actually two out of three or three out of three or one out of three of our values strongly align and that's Mm -hmm. and that's one of the reasons it's so important to know your values because when you know them and you're talking using those values you'll naturally attract people who also have similar values which makes it much easier to work with them exactly exactly yeah and and look the the only reason why I reached out to you is because of all the content that you're putting out. And that's how I do Don't look you. at the last week. Haven't done much in the last week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, the, the connection has been made. Yeah, and, I, yeah, yeah and, I was and just because, waiting for yeah. you, Sam. Now I'm off it. No, I've, I just, um, if I don't bank up yeah. stuff, I have a week a month where I'm just super busy and I'm not in the mood to do like a lot of stuff because I've got other things. And if I don't bank up enough content, that week is very Yeah. Sad. I know, so, I know. Yeah, banking up is tough. Um, we've, we've been up pretty, is hard. Yeah. we've been pretty slack in on on our content side as well. But at least we've got an excuse. Our website was hacked, etc. Yeah, et yeah, there's an excuse. Yeah. I, my excuse actually was a client's um, Facebook was hacked, and I lost like a Sunday and a Monday trying to resolve it. Oh, so no. that's and that's where yeah. it all started. But yeah. but you know, I can't. Yeah. I'm meant to be better than everyone else when it comes to marketing, so I can't really use it as an excuse. <laughs> Hey, by the end of the day, we're all still human. Exactly. And it yeah. doesn't matter. I've still had leads coming in. It hasn't killed my business. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. And it's a yeah. lesson for everyone mean, else too. Like yeah. if something happens, don't freak out. You just, it's like any habit. If you have a break from it for a week for some reason, you just go back and rebuild the habit and it's okay. Yeah, uh, exactly. Um, I, yeah. So my, I, my, I mean, I love, sorry, I love yeah. your ethos. I love what you do. Have you got plans for those comments besides the blog? Yeah, so the comics, well, first of all, we're going to bring the comics onto the new blog because mm-hmm. currently they're only just uh, a lot, sorry, 
on the blog, you have single panel comics, which go with each article. I also do produce multi-panel comics as well, That's like awesome. two panel, four panels, uh, 16 panel. That's the biggest one I've done so far. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and they're all on our Facebook. So they're still on our Facebook and you can go check them out if you want. That's um, just look for The Comic Accountant on Facebook. And then the, the goal is to bring them onto the new website as well. We want them to be on the website and so that viewers to the website can see the, the comics as well. Um, apart from that, we, we would like to produce more free educational videos on our YouTube channel and possibly onto TikTok. We have done a few animatics. So one of my team members, he animates the comics that I make and he does voice voiceovers for them. And it's really cool, it's really cute, but hasn't really gotten much traction. So I'm maybe kind of hoping that maybe maybe Identify Marketing, Rachel Claver, can can help us out with that, give us some ideas. Yeah, it'll there. be maybe. interesting, actually. Yeah. I do find that animations don't always go very well. So maybe we just have to find a better way to present these comics. So we'll have yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I think yeah. that's, that's something that we want to explore with you as well. Um, but so apart can from I that, ask a question about the comics? How do you make those comics? Like, are you drawing them on paper or are you drawing yeah, them on a Yeah, so tablet? once upon a time, once upon a time, I had a notepad and I sketched them out by pencil by hand. And then I would go over them with a uh, black ink and I would erase all the lines and I would scan it in until my graphic designer friend gifted me this. Ah, uh, yep, cool. That is an amazing yeah. drawing tablet. Yep. And it was difficult to learn how to use because you're drawing on the tablet, but then whatever you're drawing is coming up on the screen in front of you. Yeah. And it takes some practice getting used to. So what he told me is like, Right, when you're playing video games, you know, use the tablet, don't use your mouse and keyboard. And so that's what I did. <laughs> I died so many times, but it did it did help me gain that. Oh, what's the word I'm looking at? Dexterity, the dexterity in using the, the drawing tablet. And this is how I primarily draw. I draw digitally. I use a free software called Krita. Oh, yeah. But now that now that we've got a bit more money, I think I uh, might just invest in Photoshop and Illustrator, the, the whole Photoshop suite of drawing products. Yeah. And so that's how we do it. And my art style is really simple. It's just usually just basic lines, black and white. Uh, I do put in a little bit of color just to highlight different items. But yeah, otherwise it's a very bare bones, kind of like simple art okay. style. I don't consider myself a great artist. I just consider myself a great communicator. Halfway, halfway decent comic. Yeah, drawer. No, I love it. I think it's <laughs> amazing. So Sam, this has been a complete pleasure. And I know that I kind of derailed you from my natural curiosity, but I think actually it's I'm re I'm so excited about this podcast episode because I feel like we talked about some stuff that so many other people that listen to this show will relate to and mm -hmm. and it's a side that's not shown a lot when we talk when we talk about business owners in New Zealand so I'm really thankful for, that you went past your levels of comfort by having me walk through it because I was I'm deep when I'm deeply curious I'm a nightmare because I just want to know things yeah. asking the questions um but thank you so much for being on the show I, I'm really I love the fact that you do show um, your weird, show your personality and that having a business has allowed you to do that. And I, I'm, I'm really excited. I am super excited to see what's going to happen to you as a person as you develop this because I think you've, we're only really seeing you at really the beginning. I know you've done so much already, but really that beginning of just stepping out and people knowing you for what you do. And, and I love that. Um, if people want to get hold of you, 
and want to work with you and go, I need an accountant like you in my life. I so need that. You, you'll work with anyone in New Zealand? Yeah, we'll work with anyone in New Zealand. We are a 100% online-based firm. I think that's another thing that does make our firm unique. Mm. I can only think of one other firm that is uh, fully online, and that's Beanie Accounting. And they are our most respected competitors. And um, oh, and there's and there's Henry. Although I don't think Henry really counts because Henry is more of a software, yes, yes, software. rather than an accountant. Yeah. They they market themselves as accountants, but they're they're really not. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not, a software. Yeah. So, yeah, they're a software. Yeah. So you do, and yeah. you would be ideal for creatives, right? Because you understand yep. that creative process. You would be ideal for solopreneurs or small business owners who mm-hmm. really have their own kind of desire to serve exactly. their customers yep. because that's who you are. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and we do we do have a pricing model that actually means that we aggressively, well, not I wouldn't say aggressively, but rather we we have a pricing model that accommodates really small business owners because we have a pricing model that is actually similar to Henry's. Uh, that's one percent of your sales. It's just like Henry, except that unlike Henry, you're actually getting an accountant yes. who is qualified, who is talking to you and guiding you through this process as someone you can actually pick up the phone and call, speak to, and will help you address these things. I think that's one of the feedback that we've received uh, from our clients. Uh, We do have a minimum charge, meaning that if you're making below a certain amount, we're still charging you, what, $35 a month? Yeah. Yeah, but Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough, right? I mean, got to feed the team somehow, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we we do insist that you use an accounting software. And so Mm. often there's an additional monthly monthly cost for using accounting software. Mm. But that can can range from $13 a month all the way up to $60 a month, depending on the requirements of your business. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. And we, we work on the basis that we're there to do all these things for you. We'll sort out your accounting systems, we'll build your financial systems out so that you can run the business confidently. But at the same time, you have the ability to call us anytime you want to resolve any accounting or finance issue and we don't charge extra for it. That's amazing. So I will put the notes in there, but they will find you, your website's under development because we've got this new thing going on. Yeah, so you can can still still get it. Yep, so you can. So I'll put in the links. Uh, oh, you'll send me the link. They're in the, they should be in the form that you gave me. But but basically, okay, yeah. they can find you on Facebook under the Comet Accountant. They can find yeah, you on the Comet Accountant. Accountant as well. So you can find me on Facebook on the Comic Accountant. Yes. And our new website, www.thecomicaccountant, is still under construction. You can still check it out. We've got our content, our content there. Or you could also contact us through our corporate website, which is shadvisory.co.nz. So that's the name of the company. So Perfect. the SH Advisory owns the brand, the comic accountant, and, and all that. Yeah. Perfect. So you could also yeah go through SH right. Advisory. So if you need an accountant yeah. and you want someone who's going to give it to you straight without mm. any, any long words, choose Sam's accountancy. Um, th- Sam, thank you so much for being part of a show. It's been a complete pleasure. And um, I'm going to catch up with you very soon to start working with you. So I'm yeah, gonna... I'm I'm super excited about that. I'm super and, excited about it as well. And and I'm getting to work with the legendary Rachel Claver. <laughs> it's a huge no. honor. It's a no, it's a no, massive no, massive honor. Up. It makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for being part of the show. I feel like this is going to be a really great listen. And, and yeah, thank you so much for coming. 
Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. And I will see you for our marketing catch-up. You will. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great week. You too. See ya. Sam has so beautifully recognized and identified the hedgehog of his business, that thing that will not budge and not move and is strong and unmovable. Do you have a hedgehog for your business? And if not, do you need to have one? Do you need to have a think about how you can identify that hedgehog and make it central to your business? I call it the Queen Bee role. It's from Mike Michalowicz's book, Clockwork, where he talks about how to build a business around that most important role in your business and how everything needs to be protected at all costs. That same format or idea is so important to growing a business successfully. And it helps you with your marketing because it helps you make important decisions, not only about the growth of the business and who you employ or help with you and about your clients and the sort of clients you're going to work with, but it also makes you make choices every single day to choose to serve that most important part of your business. It helps keep your values clear. It helps keep your actions clear and it helps you get results. Have a go. See what it's like and see if you need to do a hedgehog move in your own business. I'm looking forward to catching up with you next week. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.